we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Thinking together does not mean that you agree or disagree, accept or reject, defend or offend, but together find out if it is possible, by thinking together, to act together. Hello and welcome to episode 213 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast features carefully selected extracts from the archives, The aim is to represent different aspects of Krishnamurti's radical approach to many of the issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is Thinking Together. Upcoming themes are the unconscious, rationality and solitude. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please visit our website at kfoundation.org where you can find a broad collection of articles and quotes, an introduction and biography, along with a comprehensive index of topics for easy access to texts and recordings. Our online store stocks all available Krishnamurti books and ships worldwide. You can also find our regular quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on your podcast app. This helps our visibility. This week's episode on Thinking Together has four sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's first talk in Sanan 1979, titled Thinking Together Without Barriers. It seems to me... that our self-centred problems and the problems that lie beyond our own personal crises, disturbances and miseries, the world about us is more or less in chaos, in great confusion. I think everybody will admit that, without a great deal of trouble, with a great deal of investigation. And nobody, apparently, sees a solution for this, neither politically, nor religiously, nor economically. That, again, is an obvious fact. And nobody us if there is a way out of all this. The trap in which human beings have been caught 
for millennia. If there is any way out of this mess, confusion, turmoil, terror, not finding an answer, many people resort to the old traditions, join old religions, or form a small community, hoping thereby to solve their own particular problems. And I may suggest that there is a way out of all this. Out of our present continuous misery, conflict, strife, various forms of terror, and the threatening wars, not only near but far. So to investigate all this and find out if there is a solution, a way out, without suppression, without escape, without any kind of illusion. And if you will have the patience, energy, and the serious responsibility that's involved, we can think together I hope you are prepared for that thinking together there are two different kinds of thinking one thinking about something about the problem about a personal issue <clears throat> or about the world and so on. That is, thinking about something. And is there another kind of thinking which is not about something? Please, carefully, I'll go into this widely and deeply, if I may. So we are asking, our minds are accustomed to think about something, about a problem, out of our personal desires, fulfilments, sorrow, anxiety and so on, about something. And we are accustomed to that, thinking about. I'm asking, we are asking, 
not about something, but thinking itself. If this issue is clear, not about something which will come later on, but thinking together, see the please, see the difference. Thinking together does not mean that you agree or disagree, accept or reject defend or offend, but together find out if it is possible by thinking together we can act together. Not about something Please apply your minds to this little bit. Not about something which you can more or less do. We can agree to act in a certain way. We can put our minds together to investigate a certain problem. But we're not invest going into that for the present. But we are asking, thinking together, without any barriers, without any inhibitions, without any prejudice, letting go your personal experiences, your personal urge to fulfil, which means you, the speaker, together be free to think. Is this somewhat clear? Please. This needs a great deal of investigation, because we are conditioned to think together about certain ideas, about certain conclusions, philosophical, historical, and so on. Then there are those who agree and those who disagree, they form two camps, each opposing the other. Which is what is happening in the world. The totalitarian, the so-called the democratic, the capitalist, and the Marxist, and so on, agreeing and disagree, opposing and defending. Whether we are asking if we could think together freely, 
you letting go all your experiences, your conclusions, your <coughs> your desires, prejudices, and so on, letting putting them aside, so that together we can think. Is this? Will you do that? <coughs> you and the speaker putting aside his beliefs, his opinions and judgments and evaluations, his hopes and so on, and together think. Not about something, but think. Is this? Will you? Shall we do it? Which means that being free for our own personal <coughs> problems, urges, demands, fulfilments, and so on. Being free <coughs> to investigate together, not investigate into something, but the capacity, the spirit of investigation. Is this somewhat clear? Which requires not only that you listen, not to what is being said, but to listen to the quality of a mind that is thinking, not with regard to something, but <coughs> listening to the whole <coughs> quality of thinking. Which requires certain awareness and attention. Where there is attention, there is no centre from which you are attending. I wonder if you are doing it as we are talking. That is, when you attend, that is, in which there is no division, then in that attention thought 
is not your thought or my thought, it is thinking. Is this, can we proceed along these lines? Are we following each other? When you give your attention, which means to to give all your mind, your heart, your nerves, to completely give attention, do you find that there is a centre from which you are attending? So in that attention there is not your thinking and speaker thinking. There is only a quality of a total attention. Right? Don't look so mystified. <laughs> it's really quite simple. You see, our thinking, ordinary, everyday thinking, is with regard to a certain subject, to a certain action, to a certain problem, thinking about something, right? Right? That thinking is from an experience, from a memory, from a knowledge. Therefore it's your experience opposed to another experience. So there is always division. Right? Please follow this. You have your opinion and another has his opinion. And the two divisive opinions, dividing opinions, can never come together. If you believe in something, another believes in something else strongly, <coughs> then there is wide cleavage to that way of thinking we are accustomed. Right? Now we are asking, that thinking can never be together, because it is always either opposing, defending or accepting. Whereas we are saying something entirely different. Thinking together implies that you and the other have let go all his prejudice and all the thinking together. (coughs) 
Because in that thinking together, there is no your thinking and my thinking, separate. It is together thinking. Right? Have you understood this? Now, please, this is very serious because it is either you accept it as an intellectual concept, which then becomes your concept and his concept, if you merely accept the verbal explanation and draw from that explanation a conclusion, according to your experience, knowledge, prejudices, and the other does the same, there is no coming together. You are following all this? It is important that we come together in our thinking. So that there is no barrier between your thinking and my thinking, his or hers. Can we do this together? Because from this we can proceed. Because your mind then has a totally different quality. It's entirely objective, nothing personal. The self-centred problems with which we are burdened can never be solved unless there is a different quality of thinking or different quality of perception. Different quality of insight into the problem. Right? I wonder if you are following all this. So, Our question then is, is it possible that two people, group of people, undertake this responsibility? That putting aside your anxiety, attachment, and so on, and the other, meet, so that there is never a question of division, opinion opposing opinion, knowledge opposing knowledge, experience contradicting another experience. You are following this? So that our minds are together. The totalitarian states 
want this. They are the authority and they lay down what people should think, act and so on. That's what's happened. If you disagree or others shot, sent to a concentration camp or exiled. We are not saying that at all, on the contrary. Two minds educated, concerned with the world, and are committed to find out whether there is a way out of this, out of the trap, out of this terrible mess that man has created for himself and for others. Can we do this together? You understand the question now? Together our minds are equal, so there is no speaker is not telling you what to do and you obey or disregard or accept, but our minds are together being free to solve our problems. Right? Can we do this? Will you give up your Zen meditation? Give up your particular guru? Give up your belief? Your own experience to which you cling to, your own personal self-interested problems, let go and then meet together. Do you see what takes place if we can do this? Then we can investigate together every problem with very simply and clearly and directly and act. That is clarity. To observe, to see without any distortion, to listen completely without making an abstraction of what you are listening into an idea. Therefore there is only listening. There is only then see. Not you see and I see differently. There is only seeing together. Right? See, we have instantly moved away from our own little sphere, from our own backyard, 
from our own self-concerned innumerable problems. Have you? Please, this is serious. We want to talk together. This is really important. Or do you carry the burden of all the troubles, anxieties, griefs and sorrows and try to listen to another fellow what he's talking about? If you do that, then you are trying to conform to the pattern set by another. Obviously. And so there is always division. Right? So we are asking something very serious. And as you have taken the trouble to come to this into this tent, expenditure, energy, petrol and all the rest of it, a way together thinking. Not you think and I think, thinking together. Then we can go into this question <coughs> of time. Thinking together, not your time, my time. That's very important because we're going to find out if we think together whether there is psychologically tomorrow at all. Because that may be. Either an illusion <coughs> or a reality. That there is psychologically tomorrow. Tomorrow means many, 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 many tomorrows. Either that may be an illusion, and so being an illusion, you can put that aside <coughs> and face this question whether there is psychologically a progressive evolutionary movement, which is time. I wonder if you follow all this. Are you used to my language and therefore you can go to sleep? <laughs> you might say, oh yes, you have heard all this before. If you so think, then you are not discovering it for yourself. 
you are not thinking together. You've already stopped thinking together and says, I've heard it before. Because we are we're going very, very deeply into this. Therefore, it's the first time you hear it. I've been the speaker has been talking in this tent for the last nineteen years. Next year it'll be twenty years. And probably you'll all turn up and say, Oh Lord, he's back again. Caught in a rut. We are not caught in a rut. We are free to listen, to observe, and that very observation, that very observation, listening, reveals the truth, not the idea about truth. The second extract is from the second talk in Ojai, 1980, titled Thinking Together to Eliminate Conflict. We are now thinking together to eliminate conflict. You understand? As long as there is a division between the observer, psychologically the analyzer, and the analyzed, there must be conflict. As long as there are divisions between people, there must be conflict, religious, economic, social, political. There must be conflict. As long as there is a Jew, as long as there is an Arab, there must be conflict. So, wherever there is division, psychologically, there must be conflict. That's a law. So. In thinking together, we see that wherever there is analysis, psychoanalysis, psychotherapy, all that, is in that process there is division. And it must breed conflict. And observing is the total denial of analysis. I wonder if you understand this. Our whole conditioning is to analyze. Right? Our education, our everything is either do, don't do, this is right, this is wrong, this should be, this should not be, and so on, so on, so on. And recently, in the last hundred years, the psychoanalytical process has come into being, like communism, which are both unfortunate things to happen. Because really, if you observe, both are the same. I, I won't go into it now, it's too long. <laughs> they have analyzed history and come to some conclusion. You follow? 
historical conclusion. According to that, they have built a, a pattern. The theorists, with their image, with their an analyzed state, and created totalitarianism. And the psychologists, with their analysis and so on and so on, have created the same pattern in a different field. You don't see what doesn't matter. So what we are saying is together observe. Now observe the conflict, right? So what is the conflict? Now how do you observe conflict? You understand my question? You as a human being, if you will permit me, speaker, to say so, you as a human being are in conflict. Whether you are aware of it, or you have neglected it, or you don't want to look at it, or you think God, somebody is going to save you, you are essentially in conflict. And, as we said yesterday, how do you approach this problem? You understand? How do you look at the problem? That is, how do you come to it? How do you look at it? How do you approach it? How do you observe it? Instead, we are talking over together. I am not telling you how to observe it. I am only asking you how you come to it, how you receive it, how you look at it. If you observe or aware are you aware of this conflict without any choice, a choiceless awareness? You understand? Well? Or becoming aware of this conflict, you say, I must resolve it. You understand? When you say, I must resolve it, you have already separated yourself from the fact. I wonder if you see that. Are you following me, some of you? Come on, some, let's move. Please, together we are thinking. Together alone we can resolve this problem. Nobody else in the world can. So, Your approach to the problem matters enormously. If you have a motive, that motive dictates the direction which the problem must take. You understand? So your approach must be free of motive. Your approach must be free of the desire to resolve it. See the difficulty. 
you you if your approach is conditioned by your education by your desire by your pleasure you can never solve it so the mind must observe this problem free from all its motives desires that and trying to resolve it because you are the problem right have you understood you are the problem not conflict is the problem right can we go from there please conflict is you i'm not telling you this you in your observation you have discovered in your thinking together we have discovered the fact conflict is not outside it is inside and that conflict is you you may say i am god or somebody is going to save me you know we have played this kind of trick for millennia you understand god sake let's grow up so the problem now is our consciousness you understand now our consciousness which means the way you think the way you live the way you believe the way you react your behavior your think all that is your consciousness which is your life that consciousness is you please this is really important to understand give your attention for a few minutes that whole of that consciousness is essentially you the content of that consciousness makes consciousness you understand the content of a, of consciousness of a protestant is what he believes his rituals his images of religion hmm? jesus you know all that and his nationalistic his particular attitudes opinions his relationship with another his hurts his anxiety his sorrow his right and the catholic with his content of his consciousness and the hindu with his <laughs> and the buddhists and so on the the arabs and the, if you follow all this that consciousness is put together by its content and as long as that content remains the conflict must go on and you got this point this content has been put together through time it isn't one day is acquired our brain is the result of time evolution our brain is not your brain and my brain but the brain of mankind this is difficult for you to see and even recognize 
because we have been so conditioned that it's my brain. You understand? And it's your brain. But if you observe if you observe human beings right throughout the world go through enormous turmoil, poverty, anxiety, insecurity, confusion, psychologically wounded, fear, fear of being hurt physically, fear of psychological hurts, fear of death, and the inquiry, what is there beyond, and the innumerable images man has created in the name of God, and worshipping those images right through the world. That is the content of our consciousness. right? And as long as that content, which is always divisive, which is always fragmented, our action must be fragmented, right? We are thinking together, I am not telling you. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Sanan, 1979, titled In Thinking Together, Relationship Changes Completely. I wonder if you have thought any more about what we were talking on Sunday morning. Whether you have gone into it deeply by yourselves and have come to a certain point beyond perhaps beyond which you may not be able to go. And if so, we could go into it much further. <coughs> what we were saying there Sunday morning was that we must have the capacity to think together. The capacity comes naturally <coughs> and inevitably if one sees the importance and the necessity <coughs> in a corrupting world that to think together does not imply agreement or disagreement, but putting aside one's own particular point of view, one's own particular <coughs> prejudice, opinion, judgment, and having the capacity thus to think together. Because when you think together, 
there is no division. You are not thinking separately from the speaker. If you are able to think together, the division between you and another comes to an end. There is only thinking, not your way of thinking <coughs> or another way of thinking, just <coughs> the capacity to think together. But that's not possible if you don't put aside your own particular conclusions, your own vanity, your own personal demands. Otherwise, there is no coming together. The word together means walking together, being together all the time. Not you walk ahead, another walks behind. But walking together means we are both going along the same way, not thinking different things, observing the same thing, not translating what you observed in your own particular inclination or prejudice, but observing together, listening together, walking together. I wonder if you realise when that takes place what happens between two human beings. Because there is great demand or great urge in this present permissive society that each one of us must fulfil sexually, emotionally and so on, the desire to fulfil. And when it goes naturally, the whole problem of frustration. Now, please listen carefully what I am pointing out. Don't accept or deny what we are talking about, but we are thinking together. And I mean thinking together. When one is seeking fulfilment in another or desire, desiring to be and become and therefore act, which is a form of fulfilment, then in that movement there is frustration. All kinds of neurotic ideas, neurosis, and so on, so on. But when we think together, that is, you have dropped your particular opinion, judgment and so on, and the other has also dropped his, there is no division and therefore there is no sense of fulfilment. I wonder if you get this. And therefore no sense of frustration. Please, this is not a verbal conclusion, an idealistic concept, 
something to be achieved, but the realization of the actual fact that as long as we are not thinking together about everything politics, religion, economics, personal relations, and so on thinking together, there must be division, and out of that division there arises the desire to fulfil and the inevitable sequence of that is frustration with all its neurosis and all the inevitable reactions. When we think together, all that comes to an end. Hmm? I wonder if you are following this. If one may ask, you have perhaps some of you listened to Sunday morning's talk, and have you inwardly dropped your personal opinion, your conclusion, your experience? Or you hold on to them consciously or unconsciously and make an effort to think together. Then, of course, that is rather childish, which only maintains a certain verbal <coughs> communication, but in actuality there is division and therefore there is conflict. When we think together, conflict comes to an end. I wonder if you see this. Please, you must get this. Because we are, we human beings for millennia upon millennia have lived with conflict, struggle, strife of various kinds. Physical, psychological, emotional, exploiting each other. The whole human relationship is based on that. And in thinking together, relationship undergoes a fundamental change because there is no division. If you are ambitious and another is not ambitious, there is a vision. If you believe in God or in Jesus or Krishna or whatever it is, <coughs> and the other doesn't, there is a vision and therefore there is conflict. You may tolerate each other as what is happening now, but division exists, nationalism and so on. So if if we could, during these talks, I don't know how many of them, I believe ten or so, if we could, a group of us, all of us if we can, at least a few of us, apply our minds 
to find out if we can absolutely think together. Therefore, when we do that, your, the relationship between, between us completely undergoes a change. The final extract in this episode is from the third question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1980, titled What do you mean when you ask us to think together? What do you mean when you ask us to think together? Do you intend that everybody who listens to you should think with you at the same time? Don't you think this is acting as a guru? leading people to follow your ideas, thoughts and conclusions. I wish you had never heard the word guru. That's a discredited word. You don't know what it means. I believe the true meaning is one who dispels ignorance, not adds the Guru's ignorance to you. Do you understand? But one who dispels ignorance. Not the ignorance of books, but the man who is unknowing himself acts. That's the meaning of the word guru. And he's got other meaning too, which we won't go into. But they, they, and they've always been Western gurus from the ancient times. You understand? The priest. Acting between you, whatever he calls God, or the Saviour. This has also existed in India. And the questioner says, when you ask, when the speaker asks to think together, are you not setting up yourself as a guru? So let us examine what it means to think together, when the speaker says, think together. He very carefully explained each time that he is not accepting what the speaker is saying. It is not agreeing. It is not to accept the ideas, the conclusions which he may have. The speaker, in fact, has no conclusions. But he says, think together in the sense, let us both of us observe together. Observe and let's find out what it means to observe. That doesn't give me any authority. 
you can make him into an authority which would be unfortunate but he doesn't accept any authority or have any authority or denies any kind of following disciples if he is accepting conclusions ideals and so on, have those and is accepting disciples then he is in a state of corruption whoever it is and i i for the last 60 years i've been saying this so please don't make me into a guru and i won't accept you as your disciple because the disciple destroys the guru the guru destroys the pupil yes follow that pill so there is no sense of authority in this and when he says think together it's very simple if i am prejudiced fam all kinds of nauseating compulsive neurotic conclusions and i say let's think which means i want to force it on you but he says constantly together which means share together what we are observing out there and in here that's all and this desire this longing for somebody to tell us that is the root of it somebody to tell us how to live what is, how to love how to think that is education has been how to think you must think this way and most of us unfortunately young and old long for some shelter the more romantic the more pleasurable the more satisfying the better it is apparently we seem to be incapable of standing alone you know that word alone means all one when you are really alone not contaminated not corrupt because you attached to something then you are alone because being free you are you are that whole human entity human world but we are frightened to be alone 
We always want to be with somebody, either with a person or with an idea, an image. You know what it means to be alone? It is not solitude, which is necessary, it has its own beauty to walk alone in the woods. to walk alone along the river, not be hand in hand with somebody or other, but to be alone, solitude, which is different from aloneness. If you are walking by yourself, you are watching the sky, the trees, the birds, the flowers and all the beauty of the earth. And also perhaps you are also watching yourself as you casually watch the woods and the trees and the flowers. You are also casually watching yourself as you are walking along, not having a dialogue with yourself. not carrying your burdens with you, you've left those at your home. So solitude reveals your loneliness, your vanity, your sense of depression and so on and so on. And when you have finished with solitude, there is the other. which is not a conclusion, which is not a belief, which is not doing propaganda, telling you what it means to look. That's not propaganda. That's not pushing you in any direction. Because when you are directed, when you are guided, then you become a slave and therefore you lose totally freedom from the very beginning. Freedom isn't at the end, at the beginning. Contrary to the communists say that freedom can only be given to the disciplined who know how to live and so on. They are the dictators to tell us how to live. As the gurus and so on do. So we become their slaves. And where there is no freedom, there is no love and truth. 